Hello, and welcome to Azeroth United, the podcast where we talk about World of Warcraft Dragonflight, World of Warcraft Classic, and everything in between. My name is Denethar, and I am your host. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Azeroth United. We're so happy that you're here listening to us. We've got a great show planned for you today. At least I hope it's going to be great. And I guess it'll be up to you, the viewer or the listener in this case, to decide. We're going to talk a lot about World of Warcraft. So if that's your thing, then uh, this is definitely the place for you. If it's not your thing, then um, I mean, you can still listen. You might enjoy it. And hey, maybe you'll come join us in Azeroth. Wouldn't that be swell? Nobody says swell anymore. I don't know why I said that. This is already going off the rails. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you have any questions or comments about the podcast or have a particular topic that you would like to hear discussed, please email me at denethar1 at gmail.com or you can leave a voice message by going to speakpipe.com slash United. Also, if you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps out the distribution, so if you're inclined to do so, we'd be very grateful. Now that that's out of the way, uh, real quickly, I'd like to talk about first, uh, what did I do this week in WoW? Because I had a pretty good week in World of Warcraft. I did my four mythic dungeons. Uh, so this is the the um, the week of the what, sign of the warrior buff or whatever. It's the Dragonflight dungeon weekend or, or uh, bonus week. Um, yeah, so I did my four on my so I did my Demon Hunter, my Resto Druid, my Fury Warrior, and my Frost Mage. So that was a lot of mythic plus. Uh, because I'm not doing Mythic Zeros. I'm sorry. That's just not going to happen because it's uh, pointless. Honestly, why did they make Mythic Zero drop adventurer level gear? Why? That makes no sense. Anyway, that's a side rant. Uh, yeah, so I did my fours. Uh, I tried to get into a raid this week and I didn't, but I am signed up for next week's on the Resto Druid and the Demon Hunter. The uh, Demon Hunter, that's the first time I'm going to take him into a raid that's not raid finder so that'll be pretty fun uh really excited about that i'm enjoying the demon hunter a lot it's really fun um it's like a fury warrior with actual utility and that's a lot more fun to play so yeah I'm, i'm down with it um but uh yeah aside from that uh not a whole lot going on i i'm I'm in that mode where I'm starting to prepare for the next expansion. I know we're nine months away, but I'm still, I'm, I'm cleaning up my bags and cleaning up my bank alts, putting stuff out for auction, selling all my old herbs. And yeah, it's, uh, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm looking at my alt stable going, uh, who's not level 70 yet? Oh, you, I'm going to level you up. Or, uh, oh, I've always wanted to have a whatever. I don't know. Oh, monks are pretty cool right now. Maybe I'll get a monk. Uh, I do still have two boosts from the, uh, see, one of them was from Dragonflight and one of them was from Shadowlands. Well, they're both level 60 boosts now. So I have two level 60 boosts just sitting there. And every time I want to play a new character, I'm like, well, I'm just going to play them a little bit and see if I like them and then I'll boost them. And then I end up leveling to 60 and I go, well, I guess I didn't need a boost. So I don't know, maybe I'll boost a horde character or something so that I can uh, do some shenanigans with my horde tune who knows uh anyway that's beside the point uh yeah so um good week uh looking forward to next week uh we got the time walking uh well we'll we'll get into all that um but uh yeah it's uh it's a lot going on so much to talk about let's just get into it (laughs) 
It's time for the news. In Blizzard news, so the season of Discovery Phase 2 has been announced for February 8th. Uh, that's going to be level 40 cap, the Gnomeragon Raid, and as Blizzard puts it, discover new runes and abilities and more. So what that means remains to be seen. Um, pretty exciting though, season Discovery, just trucking right along. So it was 10 weeks for Phase 1, so it'll be... Maybe another 10 weeks for Phase 2. We'll see. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting, though. I mean, Season of Discovery is just really cruising along. I know some people are ready for it to be here already. Some people are crying that, oh, no, it's too soon. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, Season of Discovery Phase 2 goes live February 8th. In Dragonflight, so Blizzard has announced that for Season 4, we're going to choose our own gear. <laughs> so what you're going to do is you're going to vote on the forums for the appearance for your class, season one, season two, or season three. And then you're going to vote for the set bonus for your spec, season one, season two, or season three. So you could have the season one appearance for your class, the season two set bonus for one spec, and the season three for another, and the season one for yet another. So to give you an example, um, if you've got a Demon Hunter, you could choose Season 2 Demon Hunter appearance. Um, I don't know why you choose that one. I, I prefer Season 3 personally, but, you know, maybe that's your preference. So Season 2 Demon Hunter appearance, and then the Season 1 Vengeance set bonus, and the Season 3 Havoc set bonus. So it's pretty cool. Um, I guess they're just trying to mix it up for season four and make us feel like we're getting something when really we're getting nothing. <laughs> it's all the same stuff all over again. Uh, but that's fine. It's, it's all good. Um, uh, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and, and put my votes in for the, the classes that I feel like I want to play. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, there's a new Twitch drop that's coming with patch 10.2.5 on January 16th, which is the grim campfire toy. So it's going to be your four-hour watch Twitch stream, and uh, then you'll get a toy. So you just have to watch a stream that has drops enabled. Uh, and uh, I do believe there's a, you, there, there is a step where you have to link your Twitch account to your Battle.net account. Um, I've, I've already done it, so uh, I, I don't have that in front of me. But I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. It'll be in there. And uh, that way, if you haven't done it, uh, this will explain to you how to do it. Um, the WoW Community Council is accepting applications now, so if you're interested in that, um, the efficacy of that group is uh, debatable, but uh, I do think that having more people to available to talk to Blizzard is better. Um, so the link to the application will be posted in the show notes, but uh, yeah, definitely if you're if you're if that's something you're interested in, something that you want to do, I would uh, I would definitely go ahead and, and put in your application form. Also, uh, Blizzard did announce that they had taken uh, action against 270,000-plus exploitative accounts. Um, so this is across all of World of Warcraft, since the accounts um, will affect... Uh, you, you can play both games with one account. So, um, yeah, th this is an interesting thing, and, and a lot of people are, are still kind of upset about this. That First of all, there's there's a lot of sentiment that, well, I'm not seeing a reduction in bots. Um 
and uh, looks like they just made this number up. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that this is something that Blizzard is gonna, they're not trying to engender in, in, in community feeling by posting this number. It's more just informational. We asked for a little bit of more uh, transparency, and this is them giving us that transparency. People are still unhappy because they're still bots, but there's going to be bots. You can't get rid of all the bots. Um, first of all, uh, one of the reasons why they do this in waves is because once they determine how to detect bots, because there is an arms race between the the bot developers and the um, the, the the WoW developers in terms of how to detect the bots, because the the, the bots are getting more and more advanced and more sophisticated. So they do this in waves so that the bot developers aren't aware of what it was that gave them away, what their tell was to, to borrow from poker um, to, to, for, for Blizzard to be able to know that, that this was going to happen. So it, it does make sense for them to do it in waves. And it, I do appreciate the fact that they are telling us how many were affected. It doesn't really do anything for me personally. Um, and, and I'm not seeing a lot of bots on the, uh, retail game. I know that they're there. Um, but to be perfectly honest, gold just doesn't have the same value in retail as it does in classic. So, uh, you know, and as far as classic side goes, (laughs) you know, (laughs) people, a lot of people complain about bots and a lot of people complain about the economy being screwed up and a lot of people are buying gold. And so, you know, Yes, Blizzard is doing something about it. They are, but honestly, ultimately, this is this is a community problem. This is something that the community has created this issue by being so greedy and wanting to just, oh, well, I just want to buy my way out of this situation, so I'm going to plop down my credit card so I can go to a GDKP. Well, you're you're the problem. If you're running GDKPs, I guarantee you that's gold laundering going on right there. Somebody in there or probably multiple somebodies have bought gold so they can go in there and drop their gold down and buy whatever it is that they want to buy. It's happening, guaranteed. So if you're going to GDKPs, you're you're participating in gold laundering. Now, does that mean you're guilty? No, of course not. You know, if you're buying donuts, you're probably participating in money laundering too. But the reality is you, you just have to kind of go with things. But it, that is a really quick and easy way for them to do that. And and when you start to see things go for obscene prices, especially in classic vanilla, uh, whether it's era or hardcore or season of discovery. Um, yeah, it, it makes me sad. It makes me sad. It makes me fr- frustrated. And f- Blizzard can do more. I think I, I'm, I'm sure that they could. Um, but from a technical standpoint, it's actually it's actually not as easy as you might think to just do a slash who and go, oh, just ban all these people. You don't want to get into the false flag um, situation because if you do that a bunch, then that's going to look even worse. As, as bad as you think it is right now, if they start banning random people who are just farming gold for themselves, it's going to get a lot worse. So, um, yeah, congratulations uh, to Blizzard for, for banning 270,000 accounts. Um, <laughs> you know, what are, what are you going to do? Um, this, this is what the game is. It is a game of, of gold, uh, especially in the classic, like I said, it's a game of gold and it's a game of, um, having enough gold. So 
let's talk about World of Warcraft. In Dragonflight, this is Season 3, Week 9. The Mythic Plus affixes for the week are Fortified Storming and Bursting. So we get non-boss enemies have more health and deal 30% more damage. Tornadoes spawn around enemy creatures while in combat, and non-boss enemies explode on death, causing all players to suffer flat damage that scales with keystone level. This effect stacks. Yeah, this is um, this is an annoying week. Um, there's a lot of disruption and a lot of damage going out. Um, so, yeah, it's really important to not full-on AoE down packs. We want to kind of... You can AoE down them down a little bit, but as they're getting close to death, maybe target one at a time because um, that, that's going to hurt. <laughs> the bursting is going to hurt. Uh, storming is just annoying. It's annoying. The tank can eat the, the, the tornadoes because um, once you get hit by it, it'll go away. The tank can eat them, but it's still annoying, and I, that's not one that I, I like having to deal with. Whether it's as a melee, as a ranged, as a healer, it doesn't matter. It sucks. Um, and fortified is fortified. It's, you know, last week was rough because I pushed a little bit higher on some keys, higher than I had have done really all expansion, um, getting into the 13s, 14s, 15s. Um, and once you start getting to a certain point, yeah, the boss fights are hard. <laughs> They're hard. And I'm only doing 15s. Imagine if I was doing 25s. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. But once you get up to that point, um, the boss fights, the, the boss fights suck. Yeah, they just suck. Um, yeah, the uh, I I think <laughs> I did a, a Taldazar and the this oh man I forget the boss name the second boss uh, with the totems. Yeah, yeah, that was brutal because we couldn't get them all down simultaneously, and so we ended up going for I was almost two minutes in that fight, and just the totems kept healing themselves, and yeah. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh yeah so fortified storming bursting uh not a great week not the worst week it's not uh incorporeal or afflicted but um yeah it's, it's gonna be annoying it's gonna be annoying so that's what it is uh the weekly event this week is time walking yay everyone loves time walking uh so this is gonna be wrath of the lich king time walking the you'll be able to do the Ulduar raid you're gonna be able to do six time walking dungeons uh the, the last time i haven't seen the list yet this time around but last time it was azolnirub gundrak halls of lightning forge of souls nexus and utgard keep so we might get that same grouping we might get a different one but um yeah it'll be it'll be six and then you'll be able to pick up a quest a frozen path through time which is defeat five time walking raid bosses or dungeons which will award a piece of amir drusil normal gear so it'll be a champion piece in there for you, which would be pretty cool. And you'll get a buff, which is 50% reputation increase for Wrath of the Lich King factions. So that's fun. Uh, there's, I do believe there's also a, a quest for the raid uh, where you can get a, a piece, a heroic piece of Amir Drasil loot. But I do not recall, um, or I'm sorry, rather a heroic piece of Ulduar loot uh, it's, it's scaled to heroic level, but, um, I, I don't, I don't know the quest because I haven't, I haven't done it. I, I don't do the time walking raids. That's not really, if you have a, a set raid group that you run with every week and you're doing a Mirdrasil on normal or heroic, 
I could see saying, hey, let's let's do something different. Let's go hit Old War this week. That'd be cool. Um, I don't have a regular raid group. I have to sign up for raids. Um, I am on the WoW Made Easy Discord, which is it's really cool um, and a lot of nice people on there, but I don't have a regular raid group. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's just how it goes. But, uh, yeah, Raflich King is one of the better time walkings because, man, those dungeons are fast. You fly through there so quick. Um, Ten minutes and you're out. So, uh except for the nexus that one's long <laughs> that one takes a minute uh but the others are really quick so uh enjoy your wrathless king time walking uh the pvp brawl this week is cooking impossible so nomi is hosting a pandaren chili cook-off in the valley of the four winds between the alliance and the horde the first to bring nomi all of the required ingredients wins oh boy yeah this one's fun um so you you could do two different things you can uh, go get the ingredients, uh, go farm the ingredients and bring them in. Or you can stop the people trying to get the ingredients and bring them in. Or you can just sit in the middle and fight. Um, yeah, as, as far as brawls go, this is uh, this is definitely something different. Um, and the uh, something different quest, you will get uh, some marks of honor, some conquest, and some honor points. So enjoy that. Uh, the brawls are pretty cool, especially if you don't like doing regular PvP, but you want to do some PvP. Uh, it's definitely... Uh, definitely worth checking out just just at least once once per brawl uh i would definitely say go go check it out uh yeah it's uh it's it's, it's a pretty cool deal I'm, I'm glad that they're they're doing them weekly now um instead of the occasional brawl um this is this is a a good direction i think uh and it's, it's definitely very accessible to more casual pb players uh the revival catalyst so we're gonna get our fifth charge this week which will be really cool because we'll get um, we'll be able to start replacing some tier gear uh, with some higher pieces or, or whatever you got. Uh, and then we will likely get our sixth charge next week because the patch 10.2.5 will be out. So we're going to get a charge every week in that patch. So I'm hoping that that picks up for next week or starts with uh, next week's charge. Uh, the Dream Spark, uh, we will also get a, a charge next week. That'll be our sixth one. So if you've still got some gear you want to make, um, or you made some something and, and it was a mistake uh, and you need to make something else, then uh, you're going to get another spark next week. And then the seventh spark will be on the 30th of January. So use it wisely. Uh, the Dark Moon Fair is in town. Hey! Yeah, so um, go to the Dark Moon Fair, get your profession skill points and knowledge points, get your reputation buff from the merry-go-round or the roller coaster. Uh, do the quests there for your uh, Dark Moon uh, tokens or tickets or whatever. I, I forget what, what it is you're getting from there. But basically, you're trying to get rep uh, so you can buy the uh, the dirigible, among other things. But um, yeah, definitely go check out the fair. As I mentioned last week, it's a lot of fun to just go and kind of hang out. There's a lot going on. Um, go do the Dance Dance Revolution thing. Go get shot out of the cannon. Go uh, fly through the rings. Lots of fun. Enjoy the fair. Uh, the Outland Cup, they've fixed that so it shows correctly starting on January 18th and going to the 31st. So, yeah, that'll be pretty fun. Uh, if you are really digging the dragon riding, that'll happen the week that patch 10.2.5 is released. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, definitely go check that out when it is available. And I do believe there's a new transmog for the Outland Cup, so uh, it's worth looking at and uh, worth checking out. Um, 
as far as hot fixes go, there was a couple of hot fixes for for the live game uh, or for the modern WoW. <laughs> so they they nerfed Farak. Um, basically, what they did is they they adjusted the uh, levels of things for different sizes of groups because the scaling is a little off, um, and that's something that I've had some complaints with with the the flex system for rating is that it doesn't always scale well. Sometimes it feels really good at 15 people. Sometimes it feels really good at 25 people. Um, and I, I know that that's a difficult ask, but it would be great if it could feel great at every level from 10 to 30, but it doesn't, and it won't. So um, that's just something that we have to deal with. Uh, in Season of Discovery, we had a hot fix where the uh, boon of Black Fathom will no longer apply to hunter pets. Oh, hunters, here we go. <laughs> We're going to meme nerf you back into oblivion. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, um, but pets were just... Uh, so uh, what they said is that pets are, are, are scaling off of the hunter stats. So basically, if pets get the buff, then that's double dipping because the hunter already has the buff. and That's fine. Uh, but yeah, hunters, uh, big, big oof with the nerf bat. And uh, yeah, it's a little... It's a little unfortunate. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's it for this week in World of Warcraft. As I said, not a super packed week as far as news and events, but uh, definitely some things going on. Uh, the big news for this week in Wrath Classic is the Ruby Sanctum raid is dropping on the 11th. We're going to do just a quick dive on that in the Something New. Let's talk about something new. So the Ruby Sanctum raid, which launches on the 11th of January. Um, so, I, yeah, this, I, I remember doing this one back in Wrath of Lich King. It wasn't really my favorite. Um, it's it's an interest. It's an interesting one because it's very similar to the Obsidian Sanctum, but it's almost like they learned the lessons from Obsidian Sanctum and tried to make a more um a more straightforward encounter um you go kill the three lieutenants and then you fight the boss there's nothing fancy about it in terms of you just got to go through the area and clear the three and and then then yeah then you can get to the boss so um the the hallian fight itself so hallian is an interesting one because he's He's tough. He's, I mean, he's not going to flatten any tanks with, with his, with his bear claws, but, uh, or his dragon claws. Uh, his biggest thing is he's got a debuff that he puts on a, a random raid member. And then you've got to run out to clear the debuff, uh, either get it dispelled or when it runs out, I think it's like 30 seconds. Um, and then some AOE damage on the ground. The, the big twist with this fighter, the big trick is at 75%, he opens up a portal to the twilight realm so the, the raid has to go through the portal except for the tank and the tank killer. Um, everyone goes through the portal, and then they do damage to him in the portal. He does the same attacks in the Twilight Realm as he does in the normal realm, except everything's shadow-themed in the Twilight Realm. So not a not a huge deal. And then at uh, 50%, he opens up a portal to the physical realm and to the... Um, so half the raid can go, he opens up a portal to the physical realm, half the raid can go, leave the twilight realm to go back to the physical realm and do damage to him there. Um, it, it's not a huge fight. The, the, it, it was like a, a little cherry on top for the, um, 
chocolate sundae that was ice crown citadel and you know not everyone loves the cherry on top and that's fine but uh it was a it was a really fun fight uh, it was a really interesting raid dungeon it just i think a lot of people have negative memories of it because it was um it was one boss and they wanted a full raid they didn't want a year of ice crown because People remember the year of Siege of Orgrimmar or the year of Hellfire Citadel, but we also had a year of um, Ice Crown. In, and so, yeah, we did have Ruby Sanctum, but honestly, it was a year of Ice Crown. Um, but anyway, so Halion dropped some good loot, uh, some trinkets. Um, it's definitely worth doing. But like I said, the, the fight is, is there um, as long as you have a strategy planned out with your group. Should be no problem to knock out Halion. Um, and he does drop, uh, I think it's a little bit better than Ice Crown gear item level. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, and and honestly, I'm not even sure what it's going to be when it comes out because uh, everything was different uh, in Classic versus Original. So, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, the Ruby Sanctum. Um, it, it'll be coming out on Thursday. So have fun. Enjoy. And um, this is... This is the end of Wrath, uh, boys and girls. This is this is the end. This is the last. This is the last thing that they're going to release. So, after this, we won't get no more Wrath updates. It'll just be this, and then we'll get Cataclysm in the summer. It's time for the weekly rant. So the last thing I wanted to talk about today, and this is something that's kind of been i don't want to say near and dear to my heart because that makes it sound like it's so super special to me but I, I care a lot about the profession system and wow i feel like it's really important and i have spent a long time i have i literally have an excel spreadsheet with all of my characters what level they are what armor they wear and what their professions are so that i can keep track and make sure i've got all my professions covered i don't have too many skinners i don't have too many herbalists Everything is everything is good. Everything is is set, and then Dragonflight came out, and that threw a monkey wrench into everything. I had to change characters to different professions because I realized I don't have an alchemist, and my alchemist is my I, I have two druids, and my alchemist is my second druid who I'm not really playing right now, so he wasn't really. I couldn't just log on to him and do a level up alchemy. I had to actually go do stuff. I had to go do the content in order to get alchemy points. So I dropped uh, skinning on my shaman and I picked up alchemy. Well, then I ended up not playing my shaman either. So I still don't have an alchemist, but that's beside the point. The point is the profession system got complicated in Dragonflight and not just in terms of how you proceed with making things, but just in the way of what professions you can have and what professions you should have. Um, It's really important. Gone are the days where professions are an afterthought. This is a very much high presence in the game. And it sounds like they wanted to continue to be that for the War Within, which I think is fantastic. That being said, I think there are a couple of... Let's... Let's do it this way. We're going to go through each of the different components of the profession system, and I'm going to decide whether or not it was a hit or an out to go with the baseball analogy. Or maybe we'll just say a win or a loss. We'll make it simple. It's either a win 
or it's a loss. A big L. Okay, so first up in the revamped profession system. Um, so your skill points, so that's not new. Every, you always have skill points. Um, every profession goes up to 100 now for the Dragonflight uh uh, the Dragon Isles, whatever. Uh, so Dragon Isles Leatherworking, Dragon Isles Blacksmithing, they all go to 100. No more the BFA where it was like, oh, this one goes to 175, but this one goes to 115, and this one goes to 940. That's gone. And it's very simple, up to a 100. However, when you get to 50, it starts to get really hard to level up um, most of the professions. Now the gathering professions are easy. You could just do those skinning. I maxed skinning in like a day because it's so easy. Uh, herbalism and mining a little bit harder, but still pretty easy. Uh, alchemy pretty easy because you can do, um, just, uh, the discovery system in alchemy to, uh, to level up, which is, which is cool. The crafting professions and the service professions, um, such as, enchanting are much more difficult because they rely on the uh, crafting orders, which we'll get into later. So you have to use crafting orders and you have to use your sparks in order to level up. Well, you don't get enough sparks to level up yourself. So you have to do other people's crafts in order to level up. So it's, it's really tough. And if you didn't if you didn't spec the right way when you were getting your knowledge points, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, and it's definitely hard to max out on low pop servers because if you're relying on people putting in crafting orders, there's just not very many people on low population servers. If you're on a high pop server, yeah, there's plenty of crafting orders to do. You can make a lot of money. Low pop servers, they got screwed. So, for yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that more on the crafting orders. Um, so we got knowledge points. Uh, well, okay, first, let's go back... Um, the scale points, I definitely think it's a, it's positive that the um, the profession skill are all uniform. They're all 100. But I definitely call this one a loss because leveling or maxing out your trade skill is a time-honored World of Warcraft tradition that was thrown into the garbage with this one. Because you have character that just sits there and can't get to max level because there's just nothing to craft. So um, I feel like... If you want to make it so that improving your crafts after you get to max level takes time and, and is hard, that's fine. But you sh they should have given us a simple and basic way to level up, not having to rely on the sparks. That, to me, was a loss. So big L on the um, leveling up skill for professions. Knowledge points. Okay, so knowledge points. The knowledge points are time-gated. So if you don't do your, you have to do every week, you can have a certain number of knowledge points that you can get. And then you can also get some knowledge points from things like uh, Renown and um, there's some uh, other one-time gains from knowledge points. Like the first time you craft something, you get some knowledge points. Dark Moon Fair, you can get knowledge points, things like that. But the time-gated uh, feature of the knowledge points was... <sighs> It was good, but the problem with it is that there was no catch-up mechanic. There was no way for you to say, hey, I missed season two, but I I I'm feel like I'm behind now on my knowledge points. Or I started late. I didn't play in the beginning because I was in school or because I was on vacation or because I just started playing the game. 
Well, there's no way to catch up. So you definitely have that feeling of I'm behind. Now, eventually you're going to be able to get enough. If you do it every week, if you do your, your knowledge point chores every week, you'll get enough knowledge points to max out your entire profession tree, which is fine. But if you're trying to use professions to make gold, then yeah, there's definitely that that's a really unfortunate uh, side effect of that. However, I do say that in out in, throughout the history of WoW, there was always those people that, first of all, there's people that got lucky and they got a lucky drop. Um, in in vanilla or classic, it was oh this guy got the lion's heart helm or whatever, crusader enchant. Okay, but um, and and the same thing happened in in Dragonflight, whereas oh I got in season one that was big thing was the um, the the neck piece that you could get. So while I understand that that might be frustrating to some people who go, well, I didn't get that, so this system sucks. It doesn't suck because the people who put in more time and who are more dedicated and who have the availability are going to have they're going to have more skill early and they're going to get to those milestones faster and they're going they're going to be able to make more gold. And so while the knowledge points are frustrating. I find that overall, it's actually a really good way to give people more out of their professions. So I call this one a dub. This is a win. Uh, the knowledge points are definitely a positive that came out of this. Uh, it's not just skill points. You have to specialize in things. I like that. So we'll give this a, we'll give this a win. Okay, so I'm breaking apart the professions into two areas. We have the gathering professions and we have the crafting professions. I want to talk about the stats first. So for gathering, we had finesse, deftness, and perception. Whoever picked these names and the descriptions for them, mind you, should not be writing for this sort of thing going forward. It was terrible. Terrible descriptions, terrible... um, there was, I still couldn't tell you with certainty without looking which one finesse, deftness, or perception gives you extra rousing fire when you loot a fire herb or a fire vein, or which one gives you more ore when you, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, they were, they did not do a really good job of, of labeling and describing the gathering professions. I also don't like the fact that in gathering, you have to put your first 30 or 40 points into one tree so that you can herb or mine while mounted. That was really frustrating. And I think a lot of people who didn't do that were then really frustrated when it took them even longer to um, to get to that point. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't really like that, but I, I get it. Uh, the other thing that... For the gathering professions in particular, they all have three specialization uh, categories. So once you unlock one, you have to wait until you get to, I believe it was 50 and then 66 for the other two. Which again, is frustrating. If you chose the wrong one, there's no respecting, there's no going back. You are stuck with this. So um, yeah, I, I didn't like the way that they handled that, that this worked for gathering professions. I still don't have all my knowledge points on my herbalist, and I've been playing him since season one. 
because I'm not grinding it. There's, there's not a good way to just go do it every week like there's for the crafting professions. It's, it's a lot more difficult. So I'm going to call the gathering professions and the specializations an L because while skinning may have been easy, there was a lot in it that just wasn't necessary. And then you're specializing into things like, well, you do this when you get Titan touched herbs or you do that when you get uh, heavy or I didn't like the gathering specializations personally. Um, the crafting specializations, however, and I will call this one a, a big dub right away. Uh, first of all, the stats, multi-craft, resourcefulness, inspiration, and crafting speed. It's a lot more sensical. It makes a lot more sense if you multi-craft. Okay, I'm going to craft multis. Yeah, crafting speed. M my crafting speed is increased. All right, this makes a lot more sense. I get it. It's easy. You don't have to be, you don't have to like, get deep into the weeds in order for this to make sense. I really like the crafting specializations. Uh, some of the crafting uh, professions were, had three specializations and some had four. Um, you had a big problem with this one because if you unlocked the wrong one, um, you weren't getting that fourth one until you got to 75. And actually, if I recall was 100 you had to max your profession in order to open up the fourth tree initially and then they lowered it down that's right i forgot about that yeah so that sucked but aside from that that one thing um for the crafting specializations it was it was really good and, and i liked the way like for leather working they broke it into you could specialize in leather or you could specialize in mail or for um blacksmithing you could specialize in armor or you could specialize in weapons it was very similar to how things were back in vanilla where you could be an armor smith or a weapon smith or things like that i really liked the crafting specializations um i felt felt like they were very well thought out in terms of what you could do and what you could train in your, with your knowledge points um I, I thought they did a good job so w for crafting specializations <clears throat> now Let's get into crafting orders because this one is rough. Um, so that first of all, the crafting order system, it released with, I think you could do 20 public orders a week. And they quickly lowered that down to four as they realized people could go in there and just plow through and other people wouldn't get a chance. So they tried to fix that a little bit. Um, people just aren't using the public system, honestly, uh, at least not on my server. Uh, I know that there are some out there, and especially if you want like a, an enchanted worm, uh, worms dreaming crest or whatever it is for the for the crafted gear. Um, yeah, so that that one's out there. But uh, yeah, the crafting orders were rough. Um, first of all, when it, when the system launched, they made it so that the person requesting had to supply all the mats, even the ones that were hard to get or profession specific. So you had to put in a especially if it was BOP, you have to put in a crafting order for a BOP mat and then put it, there was a lot that, that went into that. And you still have to do the BOP ones, but if you, now they changed it so you don't have to submit all the materials, which is good to some extent. Now, some people are, are they complain because they go, well, I don't like it because people submit crafting orders and they don't supply all the mats. Well, you need to just look. When you go to get a crafting order, you need to look. And if you're frustrated because somebody's trying to get something crafted for 300 gold and they supplied no mats, well, yeah, you should be frustrated, but don't fill it. <laughs> don't fill that crafting order. Um, there's no point. So um, 
I know people are mad because they, well, I, I need to get my my crafts for the week so I can get my three crafted items for blacksmithing or my two for inscription. Guess what? You can request stuff on your alts and, and, and that counts. So I know that that's not what you want to hear, but honestly, that does work. So um, from that standpoint, yeah, it, it's a kind of a the, the clunky implementation. I think what they should have done is they should have made crafting orders uh, region-wide. So you can craft for anyone in any region. Now, I know that there was probably a technical limitation as to why they did not do that. But I think that would have really helped the crafting order system right off the bat. Or maybe even if it was a change that came in 10.1 or 10.2, that's fine. But, I mean, we can trade cross-realm. Why can't we craft order cross-realm? So the other thing that I didn't really like is that there are certain things that you had to make. Um, okay, so first of all, you can make some items anywhere. And then there's other items that you have to be at the crafting bench to make. I get that. And then there's certain items that you have to make crafted at the end of a dungeon. Now, I understand that that was how things were back in vanilla. But this is not vanilla. And telling somebody, you have to go run Brackenhide Hollow to, to make these pants. And the person doesn't even want to pay a, a good fee. That's ridiculous. Come on. That should not have been part of it. Or... Make it so that if, if you want one of these specialty items crafted that requires the crafter to go to some difficult to get location in order to craft it, then there's an automatic 10% fee or something. I don't know. But I, I don't think they should have had it require a specific location. I think that as long as you have gone there one time, maybe you can go there and get an item that allows you to craft those at the table in Valdraken. Fine. You want them, make them run Brackenhide Hollow once, get the item. There's a quest. You, you, once you loot the item, now you have the capability to craft that somewhere else. They could have done that. Um, they could have made it so that um, when you get to the end of Brackenhide Hollow, there's a vendor. And that vendor sells you know, a certain number of items that you can use to craft those um, specialty decayed items in Valdraken. Same thing with the uh, tailoring. With the, um, you have to go to... There's one in Azure Span. Or, or actually, they're both in Azure Span. Anyway, the point is... Traveling across the the area to go craft something that's not creating player engagement, that's not making the out out the open world feel populated, um, maybe as much as Blizzard might have thought it was. Um, it's just a, a difficulty for the crafter, and the person requesting the item doesn't always have the respect for the crafter that they should. So, yeah, I I, I felt like that that's one that they could have maybe kind of tightened that up a little bit. Uh, the last item that I wanted to hit here before I go over the, the summary is the profession gear. Uh, so profession gear, I really liked this. Uh, you could have three items per profession crafted. Well, there was three items to craft, and then there was three advanced versions of those same three items. Uh, and then some of them were things that you could craft for yourself, like, hey, I'm a leather worker, and I can craft this uh, thing for my leatherworking apron or smock or whatever it was. Great. But there were other ones that you had to get crafted by someone else. Now, for the early version, you could just buy them off the auction house or have your friend trade it to you. But if you wanted to get the good ones, the blue quality ones that gave you the extra bonuses, you had to put in a crafting order, which people didn't like. Um, they also required uh, artisan's metal, which a lot of people didn't do the quest line for Thomas and Miguel every week, and so they didn't have enough artisan's metal. So there was that. Um... 
And then the renown requirements to be able to craft that stuff is really tough. And and it's not always easily apparent what you can get from renown. So again, this goes back to my original point of with the knowledge points that the people who put more time and research into the crafting system are going to be the ones that profit the most. That is, that's how it's going to work. So just because they didn't make it easy doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. I like the profession gear. I'm going to call that a W. By the way, take, going back one step, the crafting orders, you have to give crafting orders an L. There's nothing about crafting orders that I feel like is feels like a victory. It all feels like just a lot of tedious work and a lot of sorrow and pain. So, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, crafting orders, big L. Uh, okay, so the overall profession system uh i would say that it's definitely an improvement over the past but there's a lot that they could clean up there's a lot that blizzard could do to improve the profession system as a whole there's a lot that they could you do to um clean up some of the specific components um for one thing gathering specializations that's one that really irritates me just make it clear don't try to be fancy with your words and and get all cutesy with oh Finding items that are better for... Just tell me what it does. This one gives you this. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. I don't have to guess. Because, first of all, you tell us we can't respect our knowledge trees. And then you you try and trick us with with fancy wordplay on the descriptions. Just be plain. Just be plain and tell us what it does. So that I can go, oh, okay. This is going to help me with this. Now, another thing that I would go with the crafting specializations is I would say, give us... If, if I'm going to craft something and I say, here's what I want to craft. And I go, okay, it's a four star. Okay, that's fine. Uh, how can I get this to five star? Show me in that tooltip what knowledge points I can use that I still haven't used that can get that leveled up a little bit higher. Show me how to make it work so that I can then go into my specialization tree and go, okay, I need 15 points in here to make this happen. Um that this is what I need to do. I'm going to go grind those. It's going to take me an extra week, whatever. I don't mind having to put in work for getting the things, but I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to spend a long time going through these, this complicated tree, trying to figure it out and guessing, is this what's going to give me the points that I need to make this belt at five star? That should not have been the case. I, it should be readily apparent what it will take to, to, to level it up. And so I like that it shows you what skill it requires and what skill you have based on your materials and based on your uh, knowledge points and based on your, your profession equipment and all, all of that stuff. I like that, but I wish it would show you what you were missing. You don't have any points in this. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would like that. Uh, crafting orders. I think the big fix for that could be one, make it region wide. So, Anybody can craft for anyone anywhere uh, as long as they're in the same region. And two, make it so that people have to at least supply some of the mats, not just the BOP mats. Um, all, uh, I, I don't know how you how you create that system, but something make it something or for every mat that they don't supply charge them a, a fee <laughs> or something <laughs> it's like oh well you're you know you're gonna cause i mean look honestly what blizzard could do is they could have it we have region-wide auction houses 
and if we have region-wide region -wide crafting, the the system itself could make a call to the auction house and say, hey, here's how much this is going for in the auction house right now, buddy. So if you don't put these in, we're going to charge you an amount equivalent to that item in the auction house. Why couldn't we do that? That would have been easy. Anyway, um, there's a lot that they could do with the crafting order system. Obviously, it needs a lot of work. I liked it in principle, but in practice, it was really frustrating. Um, for knowledge points, uh, you know what? I, I like the knowledge point system. I wish that I wish that we could respecialize. Um, maybe maybe make it so that you can you can redo your knowledge points um, one time for ten thousand gold. Okay, not anytime you feel like it for ten thousand gold. No, one time I screwed up, Blizzard. I screwed up. And I need to redo my knowledge points. 10,000 gold, one time. That's fine. I could, I could go for that. Um, for the skill points, definitely they should make it so that you can get to max level without relying on sparks. That, I feel like, was a mistake. I feel like that was bad design. I, I'm okay with having to grind difficult, complicated recipe materials. That's fine. Um, oh, well, you need to go get this... Um, like the air, airy soul thing that is BOP. That's fine. I don't mind making it difficult to get to max level, but it shouldn't be impossible because of time gating and because of um, lack of crafting orders on low population servers. So make it so that you can get to max level. I feel like that's that should just... You should be able to max out your profession, period. Um, and then for the profession gear... Um, yeah, it's, it's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I, I like the profession gear. I, I hope they keep that going forward. I don't have anything to change on that. Um, the one thing that I didn't mention, uh, as I was going through this and that's intentional because I wanted to talk about it after everything's said and done is the quality system. Now the quality system, it's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of problems with it. Um, to, to give the gathered items one two or three stars okay fine but once you go above that for the for the actual armor pieces and things to go up to five stars i feel like that was too much i feel like they could have left it at three and we would have been okay make it three stars you go all right um so if you use all three star materials you're likely going to make a three star piece of armor and if you use all one-star materials, you're likely going to make a one-star piece of armor. That's really simple and easy to understand. But saying, well, if you use partially two-star and three-star, and then use uh, all one-star here, but all three-star here, then you're going to make a three-star in here. It's just, it got too complicated, I felt. So I think it's a really easy change. And then I'm happy with the whole system. Get rid of the four and five-star. Make everything one, two, three. Simple. Done. And you, you can have the item levels scaled appropriately. So they still end at the right point. But nobody wants one, two, or three star items. Most people don't want four star items. 95% of the people will take nothing but five star. And the ones who will take four star are desperate. So, or their, their level, oh, it's my grinding alt. I don't need five star on, on this alt. Okay, that's fine. But if you're doing anything competitive, Mythic Plus, uh, rating, PvP, anything like that, 
you will accept nothing but five star. So what is the point of having all of these tiers of armor if nobody wants anything but five star? Make it so that if you make a one star, it's basically garbage. And then a two star is usable, but the three star is whatever one wants. Okay, that's fine. We're good. We don't need extra ranks. <sighs> okay, got all that out. Uh, overall, I will give the profession system revamp a big A plus in terms of effort, but a C in terms of execution. <laughs> they put a lot of work into it. They really did. They just missed the mark on a few things. So you know what? We'll give it a C plus, a good C plus B minus. We'll get, we'll we'll hit it right there because I like it. I do. But it, they definitely, they didn't hit quite the home run that maybe they were hoping for. And on top of that, I know that I've talked to several people who have just no clue about the profession system and just can't even understand it. Oh, and I didn't even talk about the embellishments. I completely forgot about embellishments because quite honestly, they're very forgettable. It, oh, okay. Let's talk about embellishments real quick. They're dumb. All right, that's it for the professions discussion. Um, I feel, okay, for real though, the embellishments. I liked the idea of the embellishments. That was fine, but um, it just, it almost felt like an afterthought that they tacked onto the system. Make certain crafted items that you get a fancy recipe drop out in the world. It has an extra component that makes it even better, but you can only have two of those. Okay, do that. But don't have extra embellishments that you can add on to existing gear. I didn't like that. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I forgot the embellishment system. It's just so forgettable. Really do not enjoy the embellishment system at all. I like having the effects. Uh, I like my demon hunter running around with an extra thousand mastery when he's above 90% health. But it just, it, I don't know. The whole thing just feels weird. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's my whole rant on the profession system. Uh, I know it was a little disjointed, but honestly, so is the profession system. So let's be fair here. Um, I, it's really hard to, especially in a completely audio medium. You know what? Maybe I should have done a YouTube video on this one. Maybe I will. If you see a YouTube video about the WoW profession system with graphics and, and, and charts and things like that, and it's basically this same rant, um, but maybe cleaned up a little bit, expect that it's, it's the same thing. So you're, you're not, uh, <laughs> there might be something new in there. Who knows? But, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe the next couple weeks I'll get that up to you, to YouTube. So, um, right. That's going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm just having so much fun doing the podcast and I really want to get into other medium. It's, uh, my time has been a little more limited than I had hoped uh, going into the new year, but uh, I'm going to keep pressing forward. Um, I'm going to keep running my M plus uh, and jumping into the occasional raid. So um, uh, my, my spare time is sometimes taken up by the video game that I love talking about as well. So uh, there is that, but uh, yeah, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you have anything that you want to t say to me or talk to me about, uh, anything at all about the podcast or about World of Warcraft, if you want to hear a specific topic or anything like that, if you have a question that you'd like to ask, please reach out to me at denethar1 at gmail.com. Uh, or you can check out my YouTube channel, which is at denethar01. Or you can check out my Twitch stream, which I keep meaning to stream, but uh, haven't uh, been doing it for, for quite a while. So uh, that's also denethar01 on Twitch. Um, and I reactivated my... Uh, X Twitter account because I feel like that's going to be the best way to communicate 
Uh, so that is, uh, my Twitter handle is Denethar. So you can reach me there, uh, at Denethar. And, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for today. So like I said, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. And I'll see you in hell.